Recently on Meet the Press. Over the past year, conservatives have launched a campaign against an art form with a centuries-old history among LGBTQ performers. Many Republican lawmakers and activists argue that drag performers are inherently inappropriate, sexual in nature, and pose a threat to children. A new law in Tennessee restricts performances in public. Repeat offenders could face a felony charge in up to six years in prison. The law is the first of its kind to pass, but may not be the only. There are similar bills being considered in at least 17 states. Like, just like after experiencing that and having to just like hide such a large part of my identity and seeing how queer and trans youth can be treated, put through these awful things, it just like makes me so angry and upset why any like queer and trans youth should have to be going through what they're going through now and have to receive anything other than like love and support from what are supposed to be supportive and trusting adults around them. And that was Ann Arkey, and this is Bar Crow Radio. I'm Alan Winston with my BCR co-host, Rebecca McKean. We're going to be going on a tempestuous drag race at Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar as we dig down into drag culture with two young New York City drag queens following their command performance for an Open Streets event about three Sundays ago. But before we get kiki and learn about drag culture and politics and meet our guest artists, we want to talk briefly with Bella Gallo, who brought these talented artists together for the Park to Park 103 concert in early August. Bella Gallo is a journalism and urban studies student at the New School and the communications manager for Park to Park 103 Open Streets. Bella, welcome to Bar Crawl Radio. Tell us briefly about Park to Park 103. Yeah, so Park to Park 103 is a local organization that runs the open street on West 103rd Street. So along with um, maintaining and organizing the open street programming on West 103rd, we also are supporting the Department of Transportation's Street Improvement Project on West 103rd Street. And what that will entail is just improvements to safety, beauty, and inclusion of all on the street. Most traffic crashes and injuries happen at intersections, and so basically the point of the Street Improvement Project is to reduce the chances for traffic crashes and injuries at intersections by putting in curb extensions and planters and asphalt art and other just types of improvements along the street. And to get people out more onto the street. Yeah, we want the street to be safer for all basically and more welcoming for all to use, you know, especially if you have any mobility issue and it takes you longer to cross the street, you don't want to have this anxiety of a car is going to turn around the corner really fast. And if we're putting these planters in and putting these curb extensions in, it's going to reduce the chances of that. Additionally, if you're a family with really young children, you have kids, you know, kids run across the street, we want the streets to be safe for families with young kids to not be anxious about a child getting hit by a car if they decide to dart into the street. Part of the street improvement project also puts in a new speed limit. So cars will have to go five miles per hour down the street. Terrific. (laughs) Especially since it's a residential street. You know, this is not like a busy street. There's no reason for cars to be going super fast. So we're hoping that having a reduced speed limit also creates a safer environment on the residential street. Right, right. And so everything is allowed on the street. People walking along the street, bicyclists everything but everyone just has to go slowly and make way for each other yeah yeah um the street will be a shared street 
And this is done in other countries. I know Denmark has streets like this, and it works very well, right? Yeah, it's done in a lot of other countries. There's also been street improvement projects like this on other streets in the city. So this is just one of the Department of Transportation's many street improvement projects across the five boroughs. Right. And we've talked with Gail Brewer, uh, the present city council member of the Upper West Side, and she's urging that organizations like you have more activities on the street. Um, and so you had a great big activity right. about three Sundays about ago. That? Yeah. You orchestrated the 103rd Street Drag Event, a celebration of International Drag Day. Uh, how were you able to cast such amazing artists for the Upper West Side <laughs> audience? Um, we were super excited to be able to celebrate International Drag Day on the street. Um, I've worked with the Open Street on 31st Avenue in Astoria, and last October they held a really large drag event hosted by Gina Tonic and Trash Ketchum. And so I reached out to both of them to see if they'd be open to organizing or organizing and helping us host this event on West 103rd Street, and they were super enthusiastic. They were amazing. Both of them co-hosted all three sets of the event, and they also suggested to me people who they thought might want to perform. So I reached out to a lot of those people. I reached out to some people who I knew or had seen perform myself in the past. And everyone was just really, really, really excited to get out on the street and put drag in such a public space. So it came together really naturally. Well, well, we, we have two of the performers here with us uh, today. We're going to be talking with them and we'll introduce them shortly. And we'll be asking them about the event. So um, Bella, Gallo, if you could stick around. Thank you very much, Bella, for joining us. Thank you. This is Barcore Radio. We're at uh, Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar on West 72nd Street, across from the mortuary, and not too far from West 103rd Street, where they recently had a Drag Queen International Drag King Queen event. We have two of the performers from the uh, Park to Park 103 um, International Drag Queen Day. And I thought we could meet each of you and have you talk about yourself and the work that you do. Let's start with Anarchy. Is a, and this is her self-described quote, yes. comic cutie who will steal the forms of production. Yes. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Right, right, right. Uh, Anne is queer, non-binary, uh, visual artist, burlesker, model, musician, producer, and drag performer. Anarchy, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm Anarchy. I'm a local drag artist, burlesker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What does that mean that you steal the forms of production? Or, I guess like a lot of my drag persona does derive from kind of like my lived experiences as queer, non-binary person in this world and seeing kind of just the effects that capitalism has like on our community of artists, drag performers, et cetera. I figured out the name and I was like, oh, I can kind of just like really build off of this and just like integrate my like politique into my art as well because, you know, the personal is political. So when did you first get involved with thinking this way? What got you started in anarchy? Um, I would say honestly, since being really, really little, I grew up with a single mom. so. The way that the world kind of viewed and treated us as compared to kind of the nuclear family, et cetera, kind of just like, I think made me naturally kind of like deconstruct some of what patriarchy is telling like people how to exist, the capitalist like hellscape that we live in. I went to Christian high school. Um, Boy, how did that work out? Um, it wasn't 
went great. I graduated. Um, I figured out I was queer like halfway through. Did you come out at, at school? Um, were, were your teachers and your other friends no, aware? Like nobody, um, except for very, very close friends, nobody knew. And I had to keep it a secret because lots of kids before had gotten like expelled from my school for Get coming out. out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, it's in Southern California too. Temecula, California, Linfield Christian High School. I'm like all name drop. And it's in Southern California? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, um, you're, you're obviously not County. that old, so it wasn't that long ago. No, I was, um, see, I started high school, I think, 2013. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't very long ago. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, just, like, after experiencing that and having to just, like, hide such a large part of my identity and seeing how queer and trans youth can be treated, like, and the system can be treated at school, can be put through these awful things it just like makes me so angry and upset of like why queer and trans youth should have to be going through what they're going through now and have to receive anything other than like love and support from what are supposed to be supportive and trusting adults around them um so i don't know how i got all the way down to that tangent but like i'd say no, like no, a, no a, lot, at all. a lot of that just like informs my art today and informs like what i do lots of places especially with like drag bans and criminalization of drag and just how much danger like queer and trans people feel in this country and in this world by being like visibly like visibly queer like it's just it's so important every single day to have these drag spaces and have these communities so we can be free and supportive of each other and experience community together exactly and and we're going to get more into the yeah. whole politics of it and the whole social misery that that, that, <laughs> that we're in. How did you get into drag performance? So I got into drag. Um, I'm like, that's a good question. Um, it started somewhere. Yeah. So I guess like I would consider like like my official start into drag um, a year after I moved to New York City. I like been doing drag for I think like a year and a half or so, I would say. Before I started drag, I would go to a lot of drag shows, mainly Drag King and Thing shows. Astoria's Kingdom, who um, I think like Mixel Strange was going to be here, was the first show that I was in. Yeah, um, so that was like one of my starts. But then circling back, I realized like in college, since freshman year of college, I was doing a Rocky Horror Shadowcast. Um, and wait a minute, wait, 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 what is that? So like, you know like Rocky Horror Picture Show? Uh, yes. Yes. So. Um, lots of places have like what they call shadow cast, which is like when you like dress up as the characters and perform like alongside the movie and a thing that's been going on for like decades. So I that's did that. what we did with your brother. Yes, <laughs> and my brother wore a dress just yeah. to be, you know, very straight. Have fun. He's a cis man. Super straight guy. He had a great time in a dress that fun. night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did what character did you go as? I I've done a lot in the shadow cast I was in. I would do Janet a lot. And that was one of my favorites chorus, etc. Um, I was like president of the club for a while. It like all about it. And I realized like, oh, like that's like dragon burlesque. Um, so like I had that experience, but like my New York City experience started like a year and a half ago. You're, you're anarchy, you protest, <laughs> you're, you're a commie. Do you, do you put that in your costume? Is that part of your, you know, what you wear? Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, a lot of what I wear is, like, fashion anarchy. Very femme or femme presenting. We're told so often, like, oh, you can't wear clothes like that. Like, breaking the rules in a way. Fashion is so political and so personal that just, like, the act of just, like, 
not caring about like you know as someone who was raised in like modesty culture purity culture going outside in a crop top is kind of like wow like rebellious I'm like, I, yeah like like i'm like that's rebellious and then just kind of like yeah so like i like stuff like that but also like i do i have like a hammer and sickle bikini um oh. okay so, oh. I, so i do have that but like nothing like I guess, like, specific. I, I had one other question. Um, you were raised uh, by a single mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, does she support your choices and how you're leading your life and the kinds of performances you do? Has she seen your performance? Um, so, like, my family doesn't really know the details of, like, me, like, really doing kind of Dragon Burlesque. Like, they knew that I did Rocky, and, like, they kind of know that, like, go-go and stuff, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm, like, in these spaces, but I haven't been, like oh, here's, like, a video of my performance because they're not, like, conservative, but, like, I don't know. Like, my mom and I's relationship is just kind of, like, a, I don't know. You like, don't she, know. She's, she's supportive. She's supportive of, like, how I live my life. But, like, I guess it's just not something that I have felt the need to share and be like I guess like vulnerable in that way yeah um do you feel like at some point you're going to maybe I think just like honestly like the biggest issue my family would have would be just like with modesty issues of like oh well like oh you're showing so much skin oh how's that going to affect your employment in the future oh like how are you going to get a job in the field that you want like because I mean I think a lot of it comes also down to like the stigma like stigmatization of like sex work too like when you kind of root down to like what the issue is of like oh you're not employable if there's a picture of a you in a bikini on the internet mm-hmm. so it's just kind of like that's just kind of like not a conversation I really wanted to like open up to my family so I'm just kind of like you know I'm doing my thing um, you know they don't really bother me about it so I don't really have a reason to be like look at all the stuff that I'm doing which I guess in a way like I do feel jealous sometimes of people who have like very very supportive like parents of like their drag everything like you know they show their parents videos and everything like that and I'm like that's so cool um, but I, I guess my, my family's a little more like tight tight laced yeah. um, so yeah <laughs> it, I, I, I think I hear you and yeah. um, it does sound it's a desire I mean you, yeah. you'd, you'd like to have that kind of support and what you love doing all right so Vampy Von Thickums Galore. Hello, hello. Welcome. According to our sources, you are a Brooklyn-based drag artist known as Diva I'm Feel It. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you come up with your drag name? Well, my drag name, it's quite a story, actually. Um, it, it wasn't really until my last relationship, nearly, like about a year and a half ago, my ex was coming up with like this cute like little nickname idea for me and he was thinking about my personality and he was just like you're very dark but you're also fun and delightful so you know the first word that came up was vampy and i was like oh okay i like that i like that and then there was no other word to describe besides a unicorn i was like oh so vampy unicorn that's 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 cute (laughs) (laughs) and it it really it really wasn't until um unfortunately our separation a year and a half ago I wanted to take I wanted to take back what was really mine to begin with and I was like okay the whole unicorn idea was not really 
really me. Like I, I, I don't do the fun Philly colors as much. I, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to play around. I will say, but it's just not me. So. I, when I was getting into drag, uh, starting to come into drag, I was just like, okay, if my name's going to be Vampy, I want it to be dramatic. Because my ideology of drag, um, it's very classic drag, very big, very pageanty, but also fun, delightful, and just downright dirty in Brooklyn. So I was just like, okay, what else about me? What else about me? Then I realized, well before the, the pandemic, I tried to do a little drag, like a little dabble. And I remember my, I named myself Thickums Galore because I am thick and endlessly me. Um, and I was like, wait, what? maybe I could put those two together. So it was like, Vampy Thickums Galore. And it just wasn't like, sliding off the tongue. I'm like, there has to be a transitional word. Then, from working in cosmetics, there's this uh, former artist, uh, makeup artist, um, Kat Von D. And I was like, Kat Von D. That's a good transitional name. Wait, Von. So let's see. Vampy Von Thickums Galore. And I'm like, Perfect. There you go. And here I am. Excellent. You know, we gave ourselves drag names Ooh. to get ready for Ooh. this. Yeah. So um, I named myself M. Power. <laughs> and that's hers. You can't have it. Yeah, no, no. I, I don't know if anybody wants it, but they can have it. No, right. have it. Trademark it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. And I'm, I'm Rhonda Santos. Rhonda. <laughs> Which is... Not his, right? <laughs> you got it from someone. Right, right. I, I, he stole it. I would vote for him if he changed his name to Rhonda. Rhonda, yeah. Rhonda Santos. Santos. That is right, that's, that's not my joke. I picked it up from, uh, wait, wait, don't tell me. So, someone said that. I said, it's perfect. I'm going to repeat it as often as I can. Rhonda Santos. Right. I love it. Right, right. That is awesome. So t- tell me about um, um, a vampy Von Thickham's galore character. Who are you? Well, it's Vaughn, not, Alan, Vaughn. Aha, aha. Right? Vaughn. Right, right. Exactly. You got to have the transition in it. That's what oh, yeah. slides off the tongue nicely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> who, who is Vampy Von Thickums Galore? Well, Vampy Von Thickums Galore is just truly, uniquely themselves. Are you, the way, are you, are you, are you, are you Vampy now? I'm Vampy always. Okay. Vampy is what my boy is, just more glamorous. I, Vampy is human i am my own individual person i believe everything in life has a bit of glamour a bit of fun it may come off dark in some instances but through that darkness there's always some source of light some source of fun and just a way to live life and not have regrets or feel like you have to be a certain way give us a sense of your of your act i mean you say you got dark sometimes. How, how does that manifest in your act? So here's the thing when it comes to me performing. When I, I perform, I, I don't think about music. I think about um, just emotions or phys- uh, the physicality of energy. I have be- been through um, quite a few instances where it, it, it was very challenging for me to live life and have this heavy weight. Um, the separation of my ex was a great uh, powerhouse because we had what I thought was the most amazing relationship. Unfortunately, a lot of things happened and it got to a point where I lost myself. I didn't know who I was anymore and um, I was just um, pleasing, conforming to that person's 
will, so to speak. That can happen in relationships. Very yeah. easily. And I think it's very important to understand yourself and just truly be yourself and be strong in that hold. But through that darkness, that became about. That's where that light comes in. And I always, I, 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 this is my favorite song. So I, when I started drag, um, I was at another bar I competing at a competition. And I was just like, what song am I going to do? And I realized that Whitney Houston's It's Not Right, It's Okay was my anthem through that that broken relationship and is there a line is there a line in that song that you remember that you could oh right off the title right off the title it's not right but it's okay i'm gonna make it anyway it's not right but it's okay i'm gonna make it that is the purest fact of life something can happen it may not be all right but you know that it's cool. It happened. I learned from it. I've grown from it. I'm going to be okay because no matter what I do next, it's going to be 10 times better. That's wonderful. Right. It's That's not going to take me down. It's not going to. Oh, absolutely not. Right. Absolutely. It's going to be an impetus to move on. Exactly. <laughs> All right. And do you have a song, a, spe- a special, specific song? Oh, I'll have to think. Oh, it's actually funny. It kind of goes with that um probably my favorite song is i'm not okay by my chemical romance all right ah, so yes. i think it, it kind of gives like the similar vibe of like yeah like just like fucked up things happen sometimes and they're not okay but like you know you can still like move past them and get through them and just like i'm like i don't know how to like say this but just like not necessarily like be okay but like keep going on mm-hmm. and just keep like you know in touch with yourself and keep like building your life and building yourself like you know things aren't always great but like it doesn't mean they're always going to be like that and being real yeah being yeah. honest mm-hmm. yeah. And, like, things are just rough sometimes but like there are so many like good things around us as well and I loved what you said Vampy about just like finding the glamour and small things mm-hmm. actually it's just something that's so just like when things are rough, just finding like the, like the silver lining can yes. just be like so helpful. I so, love yeah. your your emphasis on it's not going to it's not okay. I'm I'm not okay. I'm still I'm struggling, but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna make it, and I'm living with the not okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that that's a very mature way of seeing life. It's never disnified. It's never a happy ending. Yeah, yeah. So vampy. Mm-hmm. Let me get back to you. What about the the drag world? Is it a warm place? Do you find a lot of a sense of belonging, a sense of welcome? Or I mean, I know I I watch um, the RuPaul's <laughs> drag um, race. shows, mm-hmm. race, and um, and sometimes when they're you know they they sound kind of catty and bitchy together. Is that part of the world, or is that just an act? That is human nature. Um, here's the thing about the gay community, the drag world. We are just as human as everybody else. When it comes to drag, again, um, there's personas. Sometimes there's a bit of acts. There's um, a more, dare I say, higher energy to act. And I think we sometimes take it to that place. Because through that energy, there's comedy. There is um, community. There is a sense of positivity and belonging, yes. But also we have to remember, no matter how you see drag, no matter how you see the gay community, it's all human nature. So what you see on TV, also granted this is television, there are things that are edited, let's be real. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, things may perceive one way when really it's 
not that way, but unfortunately, you're seeing it through this camera lens perspective. It's true, you're right. You're absolutely um, right. But to answer your question, there's definitely most certainly a place of belonging in the community. Um, it's really about finding your crowd. Like it's it's very broad. It's very it's very big. It is very big. Um, but there's something for everybody in this world. There's something for everybody. And your family, how did how have they responded? Phenomenally, let me tell you. When I debuted in drag, my mother, my aunt, my cousin, and my sister ran to the bar. Oh my god! And just cheered for me. My mother was crying. Oh. I still have the video on my Instagram, me performing for the first time. I will never take down my early months. I'm going into a year, um, September 16th. One my one year anniversary of drag, and I will never take down any of the videos. I may not look my best, I may not um, be d- well dressed, but that is my progress, that is my growth, and it's my journey. I just remember them crying. I could hear my aunt in the background oh, screaming geez. her head off. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you, I do look back at all of my pictures and videos, I cry a little bit because it just reminds me that I have that family that loves and cares for me so much, supports me. My mom's only ground rule is be yourself, be genuine to who you are and what you present, um, and most importantly, just work hard. Work extremely hard, and then everything will just come to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling for anarchy here. Uh, <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to make this promise that uh, Becky and I will be your family the next show. Yeah, we'd love and to come see come you perform. We would love to see you perform. And, and we wish you could have been to Park to Park 103, International Drag Day mm-hmm. celebration. Tell us about the event. Um, how did the audience respond? And um, So, yeah, I'm thinking, um, yeah, it was just, it was a really, really fun day. Like, it was, like, all about it was just, like, fun from the beginning. Like, from the second that you messaged me, Bella, I was like, oh, my gosh, because, like, as I'm sure you can attest, Vampy, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing, like, you know, applying for a gig, doing an open set, et cetera, but, like, mm-hmm. when someone reaches out to you, like, that feels, like, really special, really good. All the people who were involved, I was like, wow, like, I love all these drag artists, like, they're all such cool people, and then I was just, like, very excited and, like, really, just, like, really, really excited about just, like, drag being brought to, like, an open street this was like my first ever like family friendly gig that I ever did, and I think oh, it was same. like like yeah, I think it was one of the hardest things I've ever done was how to figure out how to do a family friendly gig. I was like, I was texting, like I was texting my partner, and I also I told um, Peach Bellini before I went on. I was like, Peach, like is the word homo family friendly? Like can, <laughs> like can my mix can, can my mix have that in that? And, and they were like, yeah. I, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be okay. And I was like, okay, okay. Because I had like a, a But I'm a Cheerleader um, like mix that I did that had that in it. Um, so I was just very excited, but I was very nervous because, you know, it's just like with, with the climate of like drag and everything that's happening, it's just like such like a, you know, when you're doing like quote unquote like family friendly stuff, it's just like there's just, I think, already, like, inherent judgment there from, like, people who don't like drag, people who are conservative, who will just take absolutely, absolutely anything and be like, oh, my God, like, these people are awful. Like, how is this family friendly? Like, this song has the word, like, homo in it. Like, what are they exposing our children to? But I was like, you know what? That's not my problem. Like, that's not my problem. I am here. Like, all of these 
amazing, talented, dedicated performers have put in so much time and effort into their art, their looks, everything. Like, this is about art. This is about, you know, so much more than just, like, what maybe a handful of people will think. So just, like, you know, I just said, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Um, and I had a lot of fun just, like, the stage part performing. Um, it was not my first time performing on asphalt, my second, I think. Um, and I didn't realize that, like, it is a lot harder to, like, slide into a split on asphalt than it oh is on, like, my a regular bar floor. Yeah, because I had fish hats yes. on, too. Like, I took taken off my shoes and, like, thrown them somewhere. And I was, like, trying, and I was like, oh, no. But it ended up being fine. Um, no but, abrasions. No yeah. Um, oh, definitely abrasions. But, like, um, yeah. But... The, the day was even more like special and fun too because there was a lot of the performers there and also my partner who I had um, accompanied me, their drag name is Daddy Dolan. I yeah. love them, they're uh, fantastic. Yes. A recognition uh, there. Yes, a bunch of people were going to be in. There is a really amazing drag king, Mr. Emil Kiki, mm. who was having a fundraiser for their top surgery that very night and a bunch of the performers, like. We were all going to Stonewall after that to go to that fundraiser because a lot were in it or working door, et cetera. So it was like a whole day of festivities. Like the daytime drag show started it all out and then we're like, okay, time to go raise some money at Stonewall. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, so Gina Tonic was one of the MCs, couldn't yes. be with us today. But this is what she said about the event. Mm-hmm. A woman comes up to us after the first set and told us how much she needed the show that day. She had recently lost her dog and had been feeling really down. She had left her apartment for a completely different reason, came across the, o- the open street drag event and stopped to watch. She told us that it was just what she needed and that it brought her joy during this difficult time. How about you, Vampy? Um, oh my God. <laughs> Started tearing up because I had a very similar um, interaction with uh, somebody um, right after the hour set, the final set, because I was part of the closing group, um, had came up. They had just moved, I believe, if due to my memory, my memory serves me correct, um, from Colorado. They were having a very tough time. Um, they were escaping from whatever they. I'm trying to remember what they said, <laughs> but they they came up so kind and was just like they also needed that. They felt broken inside. They they felt like they had they didn't have nothing really to go for. They just moved to New York because they wanted to find something new within themselves. And they came across the show. They came to all of us. And they just expressed how they were feeling. And they felt healed. They felt like... Healed. Healed. Talk about that. So here's the thing. Um, Drag, in general, it is art. We all did different acts. I remember Frida Kulo did this fabulous... Oh my god, what was it? It was a beautiful uh, Latina mix because I also did a Jennifer Lopez mix. It was basically like a night of Latinas and rock and roll. It was fabulous. And they just felt like the music, the movements, the expressions that we portrayed, the art that we were giving, they felt um, like there's, there's life here. And the way that they absorbed that, they, they themselves felt like there was just positive energy, there was hope, there was opportunity somewhere. Because if people and wigs, makeup, outfits, padding, heels can come out and try to do a split on a concrete (laughs) walk and give shows just openly, there's bound to be something that they can do. So you you bring a lot of joy. Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing. The way I perform, I aim to get the crowd riled up. I love doing numbers that everybody's like, yes, 
yes. And I just love bringing that joy, having everybody just gag gooped and being like, yes, all night. <laughs> is, there, is there something about drag that's needed today in our country? Absolutely. I'm specifically about our American country. The drag may heal us. Absolutely. Going through, like, you know, capitalism where, like, most drag artists are just, like, struggling to survive and just facing so much, like, violence from the state, like, something that we're dealing with today mm-hmm. that I'm sure you've seen going around Instagram is how mm-hmm. heavily policed Reese Beach is expected to be this Labor Day weekend yeah. and how police are specifically out there looking to arrest and ticket people for just, you know, being themselves on Reese Beach. Just, just drag is so needed because it is something that, like, pushes against and completely threatens capitalism wants in the country like and you know that's why people are so scared of it because it's so threatening um because it shows that like people can be outside the binary people can be you know outside the nuclear family and that like we are so much more than what they say that we can be and that terrifies them Mm -hmm. um because you know if they didn't see power in it and if they didn't if they weren't terrified by it, they wouldn't be trying to ban it. Did you have a chance to think about it, Vampy? Yeah, and kind of piggyback off that, um, drag has, uh, how do I say this? Drag has definitely helped people find their identities. I have met a lot of drag artists that have um, felt that like, just getting up in the wigs and the makeup, that like, they weren't born into the right body. Like, they have felt this, this level of confidence and certain, like most certainty that like, this is who they are and this is what they want to become. Um, well, a, a lot of this idea of the right body mm-hmm. has to do with how you're socialized mm-hmm. right Abs- from the beginning. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. so we're told what the quote-unquote right body is and then we embrace it or like some brave people do, they say, no. That's not me. That's not me. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of bravery to do that. Um, and especially in light of what's going on today, 14 states are passing laws that criminalizing uh, drag shows. Yeah. What, what is the fear that these states have about you performing for children, which you did three weeks ago on 103rd Street? Do you have a sense where it comes from? I, I feel like it stems a lot from religious background. The way I, I'm currently seeing everything as I'm looking through social media, as I'm having interactions with people, not to attack it in any way, but Christian religion... Um, the Bible. I, I don't read the Bible. Um, but I always hear that the Bible says this about if you lay with a man, this, that, and the third, you're going to hell, so so on and so forth. And I feel like they're taking those scriptures and throwing it in everybody's faces. I personally, I am not religious, but if you are religious, I accept you for what you may believe in, for what you wish, how you wish to live your life. But I feel like this is also a bit of a in a way a bit of a dictatorship like you're supposed mm-hmm. to live this way you should not be doing that and i feel like just religion in general is being weaponized it is um it's stopping pe- it's they're trying to stop people from being who they are because of a book so so drag is the flag that's waving saying no this is not okay you can't tell us who we are you can't what we dictate should do. who we're going to be absolutely here's the thing everybody a lot of people uh, not everybody in this world um, a majority of people who are no against this believe that this is uh, a way of um, to, to convert. We're not looking to convert. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, We're not looking to, cre- uh, to create a world where we could be dictators. We believe in freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of who you are, um, and living a life that you want to. We may not see eye to eye, 
but the, the, we want to create a world where there's understanding like we see you we hope you see us and we respect most importantly is respect we don't want to convert we don't want any of that we just want to be friends <laughs> that's it yeah but there's a lot of people out there that don't see you they see an image that's in their head and they're hypocrites and it has nothing to do mm-hmm. with you it has a lot to do with who they are agreed right? I uh, mean the governor of Tennessee um, had a picture come out and read it just before he signed the law there and, and he yeah, was it, in drag it's, crazy. It's crazy in high school going. it's insanity but we'd like to change the uh, tone here just a little bit <laughs> We want to do a BCR version of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're not going to ask you. And no, you're the no, contestants. No. We're not going to ask you to, yeah, because it's just to, audio. to, to stamp up and down here. But we are calling this part of our program Draglingus. Mm-hmm. We will ask each of you to define a word or phrase used in drag culture. So should we take oh turns? Gosh. Yeah, yeah, take turns. Yeah. Okay. I, think, I think we should start with anarchy. Okay, okay and dusted as in you look dusted oh like, I don't think I'm super familiar with this one I think I'm, I might get it like completely wrong like is it like somewhat equivalent to like dripping like or is it like bad I think it, I it leans a little bit more bad like I think you're right you're like oh oh no like oh you look like dusted like dusty like oh like the way old clothes like yes bad exactly wig, bad makeup like that is old and you need to let it go yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you for that, I don't know. <laughs> okay. right, we'll, we'll give. Uh, we'll let. I'll tell you what. We'll let Bella decide. Was the, did uh, Anarchy get a point or not? Dun, dun, dun. She, she I did not. No. She says no. Okay. No, okay, okay. No, no. <laughs> Self, self-claimed. Okay. Zero Anarchy and first question okay. going to Vampy. It's a team effort. Boots, as in your outfit is fierce boots. Oh, like yes. God, like it is everything down, all the way down from head to toe to the boots. <laughs> like everything's correct. Beep, 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 beep. I think that's a good point. Yes? Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's a good point. All right. One to zero. Your turn. Your turn. Now. So now this one, I have a hard time saying this, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just going to do it. Snatch game. Oh. So, so snatch game specifically? So She's like, on this one. I like can tell. Snatch Game is a segment in like Drag Race where the um, where the goal of the game is to impersonate a celebrity. Um, it's very fun because Snatch Game can either go like so good, <laughs> like like so good, um, or just like like just such a disaster. And it's one of the, mm-hmm. the funnest segment. Like I feel like everybody looks forward to Snatch Game. Absolutely. And in fact, I like Icon's Pantheon has like basically a Snatch Game week too. Yes. Um, but. Yeah, a snatch game. <laughs> yeah, and if you really want to know snatch game, you got to kind of look up RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and check it out. It's a lot of fun, and it could also be a disaster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of my favorites was um, Jinx Monsoon playing Judy Garland. Oh my God, I love yes, Jinx that was everything. <laughs> oh, that was, whoa. Look it up. Look it up on, uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> to our audience, yes. All right, yes, all right. Yes. it's my turn? Yes, yeah, your, okay, your I think, turn. And I think, Vampy's turn. Yeah, Vampy's turn. Yeah. Okay, Vampy, okay. Chicken cutlets. Oh wait, wait. Oh, chicken cutlets like the, um, the the normally there's breastplates, but there's this little floppy gels that you just stuff inside um, your outfit. It's normally used with a bra, so it gives the appearance of larger breasts. Chicken cutlets. <laughs> chicken cutlets, the little floppy ones. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> okay, I think it's uh, two to one. Yes, okay. is that right? We have our right. judge here. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, I lost count. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll, one each more. Okay. 
Okay, so um, let's see. I like this one. Okay, Anne. Mm-hmm. She done already done her hearses. Did I say it okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like. Yeah, you, we're giving her the hard one. I know. I'm like, I'll give you a choice. Yeah, that, pick, that's pick. hard. Okay, here's your choice. Congratulations. Congratulations. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're like, on to that one. Congratulations about drag. Like, like just like, you know, any big moment in drag race, like it's like, congratulations. Okay, that makes sense. Um, all right, yeah. all right, all right. All right, so it's two to two. <laughs> this is for the, um, for the Draglingus Award, <laughs> which you've already gotten because we bought your beer. <laughs> there um, you go. Yeah, that and, was your award. And this, yeah. this goes to Vampy, purse first. Oh, it's a grand introduction. You're talking about the item that you're walking in with, and then guess what? The grand reveal, the outfit, and Bob the Drag Queen, shout out to them. Great example of that. You walk in purse first, you just give a little sneak peek, then it's like, bam. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love purses. Mm. That's right. Women, like me, mm. used, to, used to do this, but my daughter um, says, Mom, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Carrying clutches. When you go out on a special date, like a little... Oh, I beg to differ Do you think that. She, that my daughter's wrong? I, I, not to call her a liar. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think uh, carrying a clutch is important. Even with drag queens, sometimes we don't want to carry a whole bag and suitcase. Like, just to get up in the drag, get a little clutch, like your phone, your purse, your wallet, and all yeah, that. Yeah, your lipstick, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a quick grab and go. So, clutches are definitely not out of date. Oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry to your daughter. You. <laughs> I feel validated now. Thank you. Yeah, we have questions. Have you ever faced an ugly audience? No, yes. you didn't at 103rd. <laughs> no, not 103rd. No, no, no. Good. Everybody was pleasant, fabulous. Um, no, there was a private gig I had did. Um, I think it was towards Long Island, around the Long Island area. Um, we all know that that area can sometimes be a little conservative. They didn't know what was going on. It was more like a surprise little party. I show up to do my thing, and I just get glares and serious faces. Anarchy, have you ever faced a negative crowd? Hmm. Yeah, kind of. Like, I feel like you couldn't really feel the energy of the crowd. And it was also in Long Island, funny enough. It's not that, like, the crowd was necessarily, like, outright, like, hostile or saying anything. But it's just, like, you can tell... Like, people's faces, kind of the energy of the room, they just kind of, like, were not having it. The crowd was, like, perceiving people as women who were not women. Just, like, like you know, just, like, really intensely, like, sexualized. Like, a lot of the stuff going on, like, a lot of us experienced, like, sexual harassment at that exact gig. Um, and it was just, like, really gross. And it was just, like, you could feel that, like, People's identities weren't respected. Like transness wasn't respected. Yep. Being non-binary was wasn't respected. Being queer wasn't respected. Um, and also, just too like with drag, um, tipping is so important and, and imperative mm-hmm. in drag. And just like it feels really weird when like nobody tips at a gig. You know, you're kind of just like, hmm, interesting. Um, but just like like it was like a huge crowd. We heard someone in the crowd be like, "Why would we tip them? Like that's so dumb." That's fine. You don't have to, but like don't like, oh, these people don't deserve to be paid for their art. I actually would like to uh, piggyback off that. Mm-hmm. Um, the value of tipping. Like I remember my first few months in drag. The value of tipping. I would at least walk away with thirty dollars if I was mm-hmm. lucky. That $30 was going to carry me home from a gig safely. Um, as we know nowadays, a lot of people are uh, 
drag artists, trans, um, is just being attacked because of how they look or how they may act or present. Um, and just being able to have money to hop in a, a Lyft or Uber is a true blessing from a gig because you're ensuring somebody's safety. And also, a little bit of tipping goes a long way. It gives us an opportunity to get new things and add more to our art, uh, continue evolving and changing, giving something even grander um, than what people most expect from us. You know, or just just to make things straight. Yeah. I only mean straight by, <laughs> you know, just so people know because I didn't know. You're not paid for gigs. So here's most gigs are tip. That's how you make your money. Tipping is throughout every gig. Now with New York. Um, especially around Brooklyn, there are open sets, open stages, which is just tip-based only. When you do those kind of things, you're exposing yourself, your art. It's really just for the love of drag. Um, and then eventually you will evolve to where uh, bars um, have queens, kings, or things that have shows and they want to book you. You will receive a base pay. I will be honest, it is, and I've, after working so much for just a year now, not every gig... Um, you're going to be rewarded with. I think within a month, I'll probably, if I'm lucky enough to have at least six gigs that give me a base pay, um, and then I just have tips on top of that. Um, but most of the time, that's not really the case, unfortunately. Um, but I do see things changing. Um, everybody in the spectrum of drag is coming out more and saying, we really need to be paid for our art. We come to give. We want to give back to our community, and we can't give back if we don't have nothing. So. And it brings a lot of cu customers to the bar, I would imagine. Yep. Buying yeah. alcohol. I mean, yep, yep. yep. Yeah. And Arky says, uh, <laughs> Tr Trash Ketchum couldn't be with us today. What was uh, She was one of the uh, MCs. Um, had to go to a family emergency in, in Connecticut. But Trash said that, quote, fighting for one's rights is exhausting to deal with ignorance and hatred every day. Do you agree with her? And, and do you feel that? Is it an exhausting thing to be a drag queen? It's definitely exhausting to have to keep fighting, but it is never exhausting to be a drag artist. It is never exhausting. This is what we are passionate about. If we ever became exhausted, then honestly, this is not the, the, the way for you to go. Because drag mm -hmm. is a lot. But if you are ever tired of drag, just stop. Cause yeah. 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 I would like. I would say, like, I I think like um, the sense of exhausting, as in like, like it can it can really be like exhausting to like have like to, burnout. You know, the, the mm -hmm. Burnout. Yes. Like I, f I feel the burnout a lot of like specifically as we were talking to ta as you were talking before earlier about the getting to and from gigs, mm -hmm. like something that should just be as simple and easy as taking public transit and being fine. Like, almost every single time I go to a gig or back, like, I experience, like, sexual harassment on the train. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I'm followed places, or even in bars. Like, and come on, everybody. Like, you know, I experience things inside the bars of, like, you know, it can be really, it can feel so discouraging sometimes. Like, yes. when you just want to show up and you've turned out like this amazing look and you're just so happy and you feel so comfortable and then someone just has to like be awful or do something awful um you know just cause and it's just like you know it doesn't make me feel like oh i don't want to do drag any, le any less or i don't want to do burlesque any less or anything like i love it and i'm so like passionate and i'm so 
always like energized and invigorated for the next thing it's just like you know it can wear on you sometimes yeah. and it can just make me like so angry going to i guess it's like more of an anger than like a it's an anger that kind of like keeps me going even harder like if that kind of makes sense no that make, i agree with yeah. that i absolutely agree with that you're being disrespected yeah yeah and of course you have respect yeah. you have feelings if I may say, we, we, we don't know you, really. I mean, we just <laughs> met you. But I have so much respect for what you do and for your attempt to fulfill your art. Bravo. Brava. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Brava. Yes. We then asked our guest about their upcoming gigs, and these two artists are quite busy. If you want to see Vampy Von Thickham's Galore and or Anarchy, well, we suggest you check out their Instagram pages for updated information. <laughs> drag experience well, so, so much fun. drag <laughs> and so little time is, is new york city a good place to be uh, in a drag queen absolutely um we have all drag of all um kinds and we welcome all so absolutely if you want to bring it back in oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um like absolutely that like there really are is like you know drag of all kinds like Especially like the the king and thing scene, mm. like it like has really been d- developing like everywhere over the like in the United States, but like specifically, there's so many staples here like the Cake Boys, like yes. there's just so many great like drag kings and things, um, and just such a great drag culture here. There really is something for everyone, um, and just like like again like the right crowds like really will like welcome you like with open arms like regardless of like what your drag looks like. Mm-hmm. And hopefully our BCR audience will uh, be attending some of those events. We <laughs> want to thank uh, Vampy Von Thickham's Galore. Thank you. And Anne Arkey. Thank you. For talking about the brilliance of your art. And thanks to Park to Park 103 Open Streets and Bella Gallo for um, putting this all together and making our Upper West Side streets more open and safe for all of us and a lot more fun. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Bark Pro Radio Podcast. If you have a comment about this or other PCR programs, reach out to me, Alan Winson, or my co-host, Rebecca McKean, at barkrollradio at gmail.com. And drag on, people. Mm-hmm.